so the first thing that I want us to understand, many of us have been born into and have acted like the, the thief on the cross who's hurling the insults at Jesus. That thief that we see, he, that was a cross of rejection. That was a cross of rejection. And in that cross of rejection, in that cross of rejection, we get to that verse. And it says, and one of the malefactors, or we can say one of the criminals, which were hanging, railed against him, could say hurling insults, could say mocking him, saying, if thou be the Christ, save thyself and us. You see, this thief, during this whole period of time, let's, let's go back a week ahead for a second. Jesus had came in a triumphant entry into Jerusalem. People had put palms down. They had said, Hosanna to the highest. But we're now at the end of that week. And we're at the end of that week. And all those people that said, I praise you, oh my father, nobody to be found. The disciples that he had spent almost three years with, they had disappeared. All the people that said that I'm with you, Lord, had denied them, had forgot about them, had betrayed them, had ran away. And so he then was put at some kind of court. Some, uh, some people call it a kangaroo court. It was an unjust court. All they were trying to do was build up to this moment. We got to get rid of this Jesus. We got to get rid of this person. And they looked at Jesus as competition instead of a savior. They looked at Jesus as someone who was competing against them instead of the Messiah Almighty. They looked at Jesus as someone that was going to take away their power. Instead of someone who was going to empower them and save them and redeem them. So they had put together false charges on this man. They had put charges, false charges on this Jesus. But they're going to make it stick. Have anybody been falsely accused before? But they're going to make it stick on them. And so they made it stick. And Jesus said, you know what? I did not come here so that I could live, but I came here to die. And so Jesus is at this point, he's at this point where he's going through all of these kangaroo courts and he's saying, you know, this is what I came to do. And so Jesus is at the point now that they are persecuting him. They have beat him. They have put a crown of thorns on his head. And now we're at a point that Jesus Christ is on the cross. He is suffering. And through that suffering, he's not just suffering physically, but they are trying to still mentally abuse him. They're saying, look at this Jesus. They are mocking him. They are cursing him. They have soldiers literally taking lots, gambling on the clothes that he's wearing, just gambling on those things. They have making a mockery out of Jesus. They even put above his head, look here, the king of the Jews. They even mock him with a crown of thorns on his head. At one point, they even put a fake uh, scepter in his hand. They mocked him. And so here comes the thief. The thief who justly should be here. The thief who all the wrongs he's done, he should be here. This thief. And it's this thief who's saying, now look at you. If you should be the Jesus, if you should be the Christ, if you should be the Messiah, save me and yourself. Many of us have mocked Jesus like that. We'll say, well, if you Jesus, save me now. We're not coming to the point or standpoint of belief. We're coming to a standpoint of prove yourself. Then come on, save me. Maybe I might believe. We want Jesus to prove himself to us. But how much can Jesus do to prove himself to us? How
How much has he not saved us from the muck and mire of our life? How many crack houses? How many places that you've been in where you've been in the club? How many places where you have been with a certain person? How many places that you've been in a tough spot? How many times somehow your bills got paid? Somehow the rent got paid? Somehow the food got in the refrigerator? Somehow your health still provided? Somehow you got through the hospital even though the doctor said you should not survive? Somehow you out of the jail cell and free today? Somehow this Jesus did that. But we're still asking like that thief. Save me then. Prove yourself then. Do it then. This Jesus. So his heart, he's, he's mocking him. It's obvious that he doubted what he was even asking. He doubted that this Jesus could save himself. He doubted that this Jesus could save him. It's Jesus who is hanging there for the redemption's sake. Remember, Jesus is innocent. Remember, Jesus' whole point to be on the cross is to save us. It's to put on all sin for us. Remember, he was born spotless. He was born without spot or wrinkle. He was born sinless. And this Jesus came and he says, I'm on this cross. I'm enduring the stripes on my back. I'm enduring my hands. I'm enduring nails in my ankles. I'm enduring what is seen as a curse before the people. I'm doing all of this so that my father's plan of redemption can be made whole and real. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. But you see the thief had an improper focus. He had an improper focus. Too many times we're focused on ourselves and not focused on the real stuff. You ever have some of my parents who are in the room, your kids are asking you questions about certain things, but it's more focused about them? My kids' birthday was this weekend, they were asking questions about their birthday. No one asked about the bank account. No one asked, asked about the water bill. No one asked about the electricity bill. They said, Daddy, with a cake. You see, they had a focus on themselves. Not that that was wrong. But they had a focus on themselves. How many times have we focused on ourselves and not focused on the Christ? It's almost like somebody walking down and walking but never looking up in the sun. It's almost like someone who's walking in darkness and never seeing the light. And truly Jesus is the light of the world. So it's like walking and not knowing that you truly are lost. But this Jesus, this Jesus says, I'm right here. This Jesus who's right beside him is right there. Now during this time period, this, this, this Jesus is going to tell his father, forgive them for they know not what they do. This Jesus who's on the cross is going to say to his mother, you're going to be taken care of by my disciple John. He's taking care of business while on this cross. It's nothing of a, a situation where he's destroyed. He's in total control of what's going on. This Jesus. But the thief had an improper focus. Why do we and when do we stop that improper focus? Their improper focus. This thief was somebody who was wicked. This thief was somebody who had deeds that you, he was on the cross for a reason. He wasn't on the cross because he stole the bubble gum from the store. He was on the cross because he was the baddest of the bad. 
They only picked the people on the cross who was what? Either you were trying to revolt against Romans or you did something so horrible that they had to put you down. You were not going to be put on the cross for nothing. And so the baddest of the baddest on this cross. This thief deserved what he had. Do we deserve? Think about where we have come from. Think about what we've done. There's things that we've done that we want no one to know about. There's some things and some places and some people we've been with, we don't want everybody to know our business. And for some reasons, we're embarrassed of our past. We're embarrassed of what we've taken ourselves. We're embarrassed of the things that we've done. We have deeds and wrongs that are wrong. We don't want everybody to know what's even in our mind. There's some things that we've thought about and said about in our mind about certain people we would never want anybody to know. We deserve the but Jesus did not. Jesus is coming and he's like, you know what? I hear what you're saying. But it's all right. Because see, that was a cross of rejection. There was a point in time where one of the presidents had given out a pardon. And this man was convicted of robbing the post office. Convicted of robbing the post office. You ever see the postman? The postman got a lot of checks in his bag. He was convicted of taking that bag. A lot of checks in that bag. The president had pardoned him. The man said, I'm not going to take it. They said, well, the president pardoned him. Should not he be released from jail? And it went all the way to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court said, understand this. If the man will reject the pardon, the pardon will not go forward. He will stay in that jail. Jesus has died for us. If we don't accept the pardon, understand, it's still valid, but we are not going to be free just because he died. We have to make a choice. We have to make a decision. We have to step forward to the grace. We can't sit back like, no, I'm good. I think we're all going to be all right. We have to make a choice, a statement of faith. So we go from that young man, I want to go to the next young man, that second thief. That second thief was different from the first. And on that cross he grew. Because we went from the cross of rejection to the cross of reception. We went from the cross of rejection to the cross of reception. And in that reception, we go into verse 40 through 43. And it says, but the other answer rebuked him saying does not thou fear God seeing thou art the same condemnation and we indeed justly for we receive the due reward of our deeds basically we getting what we deserve but this man is innocent this man has done nothing amiss and he said unto Jesus Lord remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom and Jesus said unto him verily I say unto thee to today thou shalt be with me in paradise. I want you to understand salvation is simple. This man didn't clean up his life. This man didn't go and say, okay, let me start attending Bible study. Let me start attending church. Let me start attending all these different things. This man was on the cross. And on that day he was saved. Because he said, I believe in this Christ. I believe that he can save me. 
And I know, and then when he he first admitted his wrong, he first admitted how far off he was, but then he went to redemption. He went to the Redeemer and said, that Redeemer that I know will live, he will have a kingdom. Lord, I'm asking you to remember me. That's Jesus. And so this man, he, 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 didn't, he didn't go get baptized. He, he didn't go speak in no tongues somewhere. He didn't go sing a solo somewhere. He didn't go say the sinner's prayer. All he did was call on the name of Jesus. Think how powerful that is. He didn't put on no Easter suit. He didn't do anything. He didn't call Big Mama. All he did was call on Jesus. That's how simple the salvation is. Admitting who we are, admitting how far off we are, and admitting and knowing and confessing that my Lord Jesus can save me. That's all he did. It didn't take some, a couple more weeks. And then say, well, let me see what I can do. He knew what he was facing. Now understand this. Was Jesus in his kingdom at that point in time? No. But he believed that Jesus was going to be in his kingdom. Was Jesus off the cross yet? No. He didn't say, Jesus, take me off the cross right now. And I'll start walking with you. He didn't test Jesus. He just simply believed. He cried out to be saved. Matthew even goes deeper into it a little bit. In, in Matthew verse, uh, chapter 37, 42 through 44, it says, The chief priest, the scribes, and the elders said, He saved others. Himself he cannot save, mocking him again. If he be the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross, and we will believe in him. Huh. He trusted in God. Let him now deliver him now. If he will have him, for he said, I am the son of God, mocking him again. Then the thieves also, which were crucified with him, cast the same in his teeth. I want you to go back for a second. Matthew telling us that this brother was doing the same kind of mess. He was mocking too, but at a certain point he said, you know what? I just heard the man say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Who, what type of man is this? And, and understand, the miracles of Jesus were not hidden. Everybody knew about it. That was a part of his issue with the, the uh, chief priests and the scribes. He was getting too popular for them. He was getting, gaining too much popularity for them. He was gaining too much power in their mind to them. So this thief probably heard about Jesus before. But the state at this time was in a, a moment of wanting to receive this Christ as the Lord and Savior. Now my brothers and sisters who are Christians, you have been on this cross. You have been at the point where you knew where you were and you knew how you were living. And you said, Lord, I need you more than ever. I need you to break the chains off me. Lord, I need you to break the yoke that is bringing me down. I need you to save me out of this hell pit. And at one point in time, you said that. Now, this is why my question, for my brothers and sisters who have not, will you been on that cross of rejection? Understand, that thief, he was crucified for his crimes, but he is living eternally in a hell cell because he did not receive Christ Jesus. The other thief who was crucified for his crimes, he received Christ Jesus as his Lord and Savior. And understand, he's eternally in freedom. He's eternally walking in paradise, walking in heaven with Christ Jesus. He's seen 
the power of the Lord. He's seen the Lord glorified. He's seen him in his resurrection state. He was the same kind of criminal, same bad guy or bad guy. But the difference was he accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. That's the difference. That's the difference. That's the difference. Yes, you're going to pay for the crimes that you've committed. Yes, the things that you've done, you're going to uh, have that. But when you move from the cross of rejection to reception, understand, there's more parts, more importantly, a Jesus who's on that cross of redemption. You see that Jesus on his cross is that bridge between us and God. See, we at one point in time, our forefathers, Adam and Eve, they went and sinned in the Garden of Eden, forever separating us from our Father. And you know what he did? You know what he did? That Jesus said, I'm going to bridge that gap. I'm going to bridge. And I'm going to be that cross of redemption. Verse 44, it says, And it was about the sixth hour. And there was darkness all over the earth until the ninth hour. For three hours, there was darkness all over the earth. The sun was darkened. The veil of the temple, talking about the temple that's on Mount Moriah, was rent. The temple veil was rent into two. And when Jesus cried with a loud voice and said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. Having said this, he gave up the ghost. John 19.30 says, as we read, he cried, it is finished. Now I want you to understand, when Jesus cried, it was finished, he was saying something very deep. When it's, when it's finished, when you go into the Greek, it says it's paid in full. Now I want you to understand, when something paid in full, when something is paid in full, that means a debt is not there anymore. Jesus said, I paid in full the things they owe you. I paid in full the things they have left behind. I paid in full. They don't have to buy a life on credit anymore. They don't have to buy a life on a check and post dated. I paid it in full. I don't know about you. When you walk into a nice restaurant and they already paid it in full for you and you can just sit down and have a good time. That's the best kind of eating of all time. See, I've been living a life where I didn't have to work this. See, just like that thief on the cross, he didn't have to work himself into heaven. Jesus has done the work. He said, I paid it in full. But Adam left me a debt, but Jesus left me credit. I got something on the books that gave me grace for the mess that I got in my life. Jesus has paid it in full. So what do I, what do I need? What do I need to get to this cross redemption? Simply believe. See, this is the thing. I don't want you to, under, I don't want you to think, let me clean up my life. Because every time we try to fix something, we break something. Amen? Every time I try to fix some plumbing in my house, I'm jacking up something else. You know why? I'm not a plumber. <laughs> I'm not a carpenter. I'm not a mechanic. I would like to be those things, but that's not who I am. I do not have the cure for death. But my Jesus does. I can work and work and work, but I can't pay the debt myself. Do you understand? Every other faith, they are trying to work their way into heaven. We're the only faith that has a Lord and Savior who died to pay our debt. The only faith that says something. Because see, all the other faiths are based upon man and what we believe. This faith that we have in Christ Jesus is based upon what God's plan is for us and not our plan. Will you let loose your control 
or your semi, your, your, your superficial control you think you have over your life. You say, brother, you don't understand. I'm an alcoholic. You don't understand I smoke. You don't understand I get angry. You don't understand I'm an adulterer. You don't understand I got a, a prison record. You don't understand my children are acting a fool. You don't understand men have done me wrong. You don't understand I've been molested. You don't understand I've been abused. I'm telling you today, there is a paid and full movement. And it was started by Jesus Christ. I'm in a paid and full group. I'm in a paid and full gang. I'm in a paid and full crew. What does that mean? I don't owe men anything. Because my Christ Jesus paid it all. He paid it all. So what I'm trying to tell you, if you've been abused, if you've been talked about, if you've been put down, if you've been broke down, I got a Jesus that can bring it all back together. And if you say, well, on this side, I'm still suffering. Understand, you may suffer on this side, but my Lord said, I'll prepare a place for you in my Father's house. And in my Father's house, there are many mansions. And in my Father's house, he said there will be no sorrow. In my Father's house, he said every tear that you shed, I'll wipe it away. In my Father's house, you don't have to worry about are the police coming. Because God don't need a security force. It's all peace. See, in my Father's house, this is what my God is doing. This is what my Jesus has done. So lastly, if, it, if he's saying it is finished, it's paid in full, I won't be like that thief on the cross. He ain't going to get your blessing. See, that thief on the cross, he wasn't going to wait till next week. He's not going to go get my blessing. See, I'm telling you today, it's time for us to go get our blessing. If your blessing, now understand, I'm not telling you you're going to be rich, but I'm going to tell you you can be rich in Christ Jesus. Now, you talking about my bank account get full, preacher? No, but your spirit can be full in Christ. It's something bigger and deeper than anything Bank America can give us, anything a job can give us. We can be full in Christ. See, this Christ Jesus said, come and get your blessing. I have paid it in full. Come and get your blessing. Why wait next week if you don't know Christ Jesus in your heart? Come and get your blessing. Why wait next week you don't have a church home? Come and get your blessing. Why wait on a prayer? Pray now. 